So, are you excited for tonight? Lucy whispered across the aisle to the student that sat next to her. Um, I guess. I don't know why we can't just go see a movie or do something else. Maybe we could just trick-or-treat? Abby replied in a hushed tone. Lucy made a sour look. I mean, I know we're a little old for it, but we could still have fun, right? Isn't it just about hanging out with friends, not getting candy? Abby continued. Oh, come on, Grandma. It'll be fun. We're meeting Tilda and Jane down behind the mall tonight, Lucy stated before pulling herself back into her desk as their teacher walked back into the classroom. Lucy gave Abby a devious nod as the girls went back to listening to Mr. Miltold's excruciatingly lifeless lecture. Over the hour, the girls sat in class, listening to a boring old teacher ramble on and on about something to do with ancient history. Abby glanced over to Lucy, who mockingly nodded her head like she was about to fall asleep, when Mr. Miltold snapped his fingers. Miss Lenneman, are the invasions of Mesopotamia and the fall of the Babylonian Empire not interesting enough to keep you awake and on the edge of your seat? Milthold asked in a flat, almost nasally voice. Sorry, she mumbled. I promise you, class, this gets far more interesting when we start to explore the diffusion and modifications of cuneiform in other cultures. Milthold continued. Soon after, the bell rang and the students all flooded out into the halls from their classes. Many people simply tried to get out of the school as quickly as possible. Wallflowers and the nerds hung out at the edge of the hallway, glued to the unused lockers. Jocks muscled everybody out of their way, cackling as they barreled towards the exits. Senior couples who'd been together since before they'd learned to speak made out in the middle of the hall, splitting students around them like salmon dodging floating debris in a river. Lucy stepped out in front of Abby and disappeared into the scholarly sea, echoing a faint, hurry up, back to her friend. Abby attempted to follow Lucy, mimicking her path almost exactly as students headed for the doors. They pushed past her, like hockey players fighting to win. She stumbled out the doors and into the bright sun and fresh air as the autumn breeze slapped her right in the face. Hey, are you going to Dylan's party tonight? A student asked his friend. Yeah, maybe. Guy's kind of an ass. They replied. His family's loaded. Might get some of the big candy if we go. The first student retorted. Mr. Hansen, the overly enthusiastic gym teacher, stood at the bottom of the stairs, frantically handing out flyers to any student gullible enough or polite enough to take one from the frazzled man. His brown hair stuck to his sweat-covered forehead. He just ran to the front of the school from the gym, forgetting that he'd agree to hand out flyers for some lame Halloween get-together that the school was hosting at the park. Hope to see you guys there, he said with a gravelly voice as most students shirked off the burden, quietly throwing away the crumbled-up flyers as soon as he turned his back. As Lucy and Abby hurried past him, he turned and stopped Abby, allowing numerous students to slip by undetected. She received a few mouthed thank yous as they rushed past him. He jerked around to see the wave of students whom he'd missed. Ah, oh, damn it. <sighs> Anybody who didn't get a flyer, please ask a buddy to give you the deets up the information. He turned back to Abby. Hey, uh, good luck out there, warrior. Hope all works out for you at home, Mr. Hansen said with a questionable bow. Abby crossed her arms as Lucy stared at her. 
Abby crossed her arms as Lucy stared at her. Uh, uh, uh I, I do too. Um, have fun at the thing tonight, Mr. Hanson. She mumbled. Abby crossed her arms as Lucy stared at her. Uh, uh I, 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 I do too. Um, have fun at the thing tonight, Mr. Hanson. She said. Oh, uh, here. He said, handing the girls a flyer each. Oh, uh, here, he said, handing the girls a flyer each. Try to make it if you can. It means a lot for a student to take interest in their school and their community, he said with a few falsely sage head nods. Um, we'll try to make it. Have a nice day, Mr. Hanson, Abby said as she wandered off with Lucy. What was that about? Lucy asked, a hint of jealousy in her voice. What? Abby responded, looking at her slightly crumpled flyer. Your home life? Is Mr. Hansen your guidance counselor now? Lucy said with a scoff, trying not to look at her friend. It wasn't like that, Lucy. You know, you think I just go around telling people about my home life? Abby replied. Well, it's not exactly fun to show up late to school because your stepdad was too wasted to drive you to school on time. She continued. Lucy stayed silent, still not looking at Abby. I was late to gym, and he asked. Shitty as it was, and as much as I didn't want to tell the gym teacher about my problems, I knew it was the only way I could avoid getting written up for being late. Abby finished. The two walked in silence for several seconds. <sighs> Sorry. Lucy mumbled, balling up her flyer and cramming it into her pocket. Abby shook her head subtly as they continued onward. Neither one said much for several more blocks, until their paths diverged. Alright. Make sure to bring something for tonight's seance. Something that's... valuable. Lucy commanded. I... I still don't understand why we can't just do something normal. Why do we have to try to contact some spirit? Abby asked, crossing her arms. I told you, we won't be trying. I've talked with it before, Lucy replied. And besides, what better time to get in touch with the other side than Halloween night? She continued with a smirk. Abby averted her gaze. I guess, she said with a sigh. Oh, before I forget, change of plans, Lucy began, brushing her black-dyed hair out of her face. After you grab your item, come to the park. We're all going to meet there before we head to the woods behind the mall, I guess, Lucy said. Wait, but that's where the school's thing is being held. Sure you don't want to just go there and hang out instead? Abby asked nervously. God, you're such a mess, Abby, Lucy replied. It'll be fine. We meet at the stupid school thing, then head for the woods. Abby nodded before they parted ways. Abby walked through the town that rested right next to the school, heading home. She'd pop in just long enough to tell her mom where she was going and to grab an item, if only to humor Lucy. Her shoes kicked up gravel as she walked. She thought about what she could bring for tonight. Maybe her old diary? No, that was stupid. Baby teeth? Ew, what? No. She pondered as cars drove past her. Wait! She had it. She knew exactly the item to bring. She quickened her pace and hurried home. As she walked up to her house, 
She noticed only her mother was home. She breathed a sigh of relief as she stepped up to the door. She stared a moment at the fading purple that covered the siding. She thought about when she and her dad had first painted it. It felt like a lifetime ago now. Maybe in some way or another, that was true. She hurried inside and found her mother in the kitchen, washing dishes from the filled-up sink for tonight's dinner. Uh, Mom? Abby asked as she stepped onto the linoleum flooring. Her mother turned around. Hi, Abby. How was school, sweetheart? She asked. She looked tired, Abby noticed. Worn down, like she hadn't slept in three weeks. She'd stopped working for a while after Abby's father died. And then, after she met Richard, that was all but sealed. Uh, school was good, Abby said. Do you... She paused. Would it be alright if I hung out with my friends tonight? I'll be home before curfew. Abby's mother rubbed her eye, her loose fist almost entirely covering the dark circles that underlined her pupils. Of course, sweetie, her mother said. Just make sure to grab some dinner when you get home. With a quiet thank you, Abby walked down the carpeted hallway towards her room. She stepped into the cramped, musty dwelling. When her father was alive, she thought of her room as cozy. The two of them would always build fortresses out of her bedding, and often out of his own and the couch cushions, much to the dismay of their mother. Now, it was claustrophobic. It nearly choked her to death every time she found herself in it. She spent so much time outside of her house, at her friends' places, the mall, school. Sometimes it felt like she was a stranger in her own home, even in her own room. She moved to a dresser that sat nestled in the corner and pulled the trap door open. She grabbed the novelty snow globe her father had bought her when he took her and her mother on a trip to San Francisco. The cheap tourist trinket didn't mean much to her back then, but now it was one of the few things she still had from him. She picked the snow globe up, unzipping her maroon backpack and carefully placing it inside. She closed the drawer and made her way out of the room, shutting the door behind her. Abby walked down the hall, heading for the front door. See you later, Mom, she said loudly as she hurried towards the exit. She was mere feet from the door when a man in a dark green work shirt stepped up to the entrance, visible through the large window in the middle of the door. He stared in at her as he opened the door and entered inside. Abby took several steps back, half to let him in, the other half to be as far away from him as possible. He stepped inside, shutting the door behind him. The man looked at Abby. Hi, Richard. Abby said quietly. It's sir to you, kid. Only my poker buddies call me Richard, and last I check I ain't never seen you at one of my poker games. Richard said, his voice sounding almost like he'd been marching on gravel and cigarette butts his entire life. Abby tried to avoid looking him in the eyes. Where are you off to, kid? He asked. I'm gonna go hang out with my friends, sir, Abby stated putting on a false air of confidence. You gonna be out all night, kid? Richard took a few steps forward. Abby wanted to step back, but she knew he would catch on if he did. Don't have to come looking for you. Richard took a final step up to Abby, 
who continued to stay motionless, not looking at him. He put his hands on the shoulders of her navy blue sweatshirt. The faint smell of the grease on his shirt swirled in her nostrils. You feeling any better today? He asked with a disgusting chuckle. Would have been plenty happy to drive you to school. She could barely muster the strength to nod her head. The fear was almost impossible to hide. Yes, sir. Fresh air definitely helped. He stepped closer to her. He inhaled deeply, then exhausting a hint of cigarette smoke into her face, tingling her nose hair and singeing her eyes. The dim hallway light above the two flickered as he spoke. Just wish you'd make things a little easier on your mother and me. He patted her on the shoulders before letting go of her. She slipped past him, reaching out for the door before she'd even gotten close to it. Richard turned and grabbed her by the shoulder again. Abby, he started. Think from now on, maybe it'd be best to... Keep your mother out of your matters, he said in a sinister tone. The dim light of the hallway to the front door cast ominous shadows over his gaunt facial features. Okay, she said breathily. You remember what I said? Abby nodded. They stood quiet for a moment, Richard staring directly at her, not blinking. Say it. He demanded. Bad things happen when, when we tell people things they shouldn't know, Abby said shakily. In that moment, all she wanted to do was rip away from him and never come back here. She could almost hear her heart beating faster. That's a good girl. Have fun with your friends, he said, watching her as she opened the door. Richard? her mother asked. That you? Yeah, shoes came loose. Figured I'd tie him up now instead of tomorrow morning. Abby looked back at him. He raised his pointer finger and put it over his mouth to shush her as she ducked out of his sight. She readjusted her sweatshirt to try and get the feeling of him out of it and headed for the park. As Abby approached, she slowly sank into a plethora of parked cars and people wandering around. Her eyes skipped across to the rows of vendors of food and trinkets, each with a line about as long as a funeral procession. She walked down the sidewalk, passing an unbelievably long row of parked cars, the drivers of which were almost surely at the event in the park. She glanced between the fervor of the get-together and the cars. Ahead of her on the sidewalk, there were several men, Younger and older, standing idly. They were admiring a vehicle. People were chatting about what a remarkable car it was. Abby slowed her pace to get a good look at it. It was a narrow, jet-black Corvette, like the kind you'd see in a Men in Black movie. It was unusual how clean the car was. Even the most fanatic car collectors this town had to offer struggled to keep their vintage motors looking like this. One of the younger men took out his phone. I gotta get a picture of this bad boy. Sal's gonna want to hear about this beauty. It was a remarkably well-kept car, Abby thought, especially for its apparent age. Shaking this off, she headed into the park and nearly got lost in the crowd of people. 
The live band that was playing started to wind down their song as a man walked on stage that had been set up. Let's give a hand to Sunsick, folks. It's always great to get local bands to play our events, the man said. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, we're happy to be hosting such a great event for the school, but I'd like to hand it over now to Principal Jefferson, he continued. The crowd clapped for both the band and Jefferson, who hurried up the steps into the microphone. Hello, everyone. Um, when the uh, fundraising committee and the students of Spanish 3 came to me wanting to put this on to raise money for their trip to Peru, I was pretty impressed with what they'd come up with. I just want to say how proud I am of the students of Gallo High School for what they can do when they... Jefferson said, almost getting choked up. When they work together. Thank you all so much for coming this evening. There'll be a lot more happening, so stick around. Abby looked around the crowd for any sign of her friends. She saw Lucy notice her from across the sea of people and began to move towards her. She forced her way through the crowd, most people moving out of her way. As the citizens parted, she saw Lucy and the rest of the gang standing together. Lucy waved to her, motioning for her to hurry up. Just as Abby was about to pick up her pace, a man stepped back in front of her. She slammed directly into him. The strawberry ice cream he held leapt from the cone and onto his white button-up shirt. Oh man, he said, assessing the sugary damage. Oh, oh my God! Uh, I'm so sorry, sir. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Abby stammered. I, uh, it's fine, kid. The man said softly spreading his black jacket open to see how much of the ice cream splattered across him. Not like I'm gonna send a dry-cleaning bill by you or anything, he continued. A woman approached the two. You alright, Patrick? She asked, brushing her shoulder-length ginger hair up over her ear before starting into her ice cream. Or do I need to report an agent down? She jabbed. Ice creamed in action? No... Very funny, Erica, he mumbled. Are you sure you're good, sir? Um, I'm so sorry, Abby said, shaking her head. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll be good, kid. No harm done, Patrick said calmly. Thinking a little got in your hand, man, Erica said with a mouthful of ice cream, pointing to Patrick's head with her free hand. What? How's that, how's that even possible? he asked, running a hand through his hair as Abby stepped away from the two strangers. As Abby approached her friends, looks of boredom and annoyance settled on their faces. Did you get your item? Lucy asked as Abby stepped up to the group. Abby inhaled. Yep. Yep, got it. Great, let's get going. The five girls headed out of the park as the band resumed playing and made their way towards the mall. So what exactly is the plan? Abby asked, adjusting the straps of her backpack. We're gonna get in touch with the other side. I've, I've told you this like three times already, Lucy responded. Right, but what does that actually mean? Lucy sighed. It means we're gonna talk to a spirit. Frustrated, Abby continued to poke at Lucy. Does the spirit have a name? I call it Otto, but I think it's 
actual name is Otspa? Maybe Otspa? Aren't spirits supposed to have human names? Well, I don't think Otspa's a spirit in the normal sense, so much as in the otherworldly sense? Lucy replied with a raised eyebrow, almost confused by her own words. Nobody else could seem to understand her either. Pretty sure you're taking us to meet a demon, Lucy. Tilda remarked offhandedly. I'm, I'm just not explaining it clearly enough. Okay, look, the fact is, it works. We've talked before, alright? Lucy assured. Besides, so what if it is a demon? That'd be just as cool, especially tonight. She continued. Maybe for you, since he's your best buddy. But, uh... I'm not too keen on waking up to see my face has been ripped off because you wanted to go on a play date with a demon. Tilda chirped. Are you all just going to bitch at me for trying to make Halloween a little more fun than it usually is, or should we just turn around now? Lucy whined. I just wanted to watch a movie and hang out, Abby began. Never really signed up for a seance. Lucy sighed as audibly as she could before shaking her head. It's always good to have your input, Abby, she said. Abby furrowed her brow, glaring at the back of Lucy's head as the girls walked up to the mall. There, Jane said as he pointed to a tear in the chain-link fence that separated the mall from the woods and encroached upon it from behind. We can get in right there. Abby glanced over to the sidewalk across the street from the mall. She saw the same two people she'd encountered at the school's Halloween event. Patrick was leaning against their vehicle, talking on the phone, while Erica rummaged around in the back seat. Uh, can you guys just give me a sec? Abby asked nervously. What? Why? Lucy asked. We need to hurry and get to the spot before it's too dark. She glanced over to where Abby had looked. She recognized the two well-dressed strangers from Abby's incident at the school's lame Halloween jamboree. You want to go offer to pay his dry-cleaning bill or something? Lucy snapped at Abby. Abby frowned. Abby stayed quiet for a moment. She wanted to tell Lucy off right then and there. Her mind began to speak, but her mouth lagged behind, allowing her time to catch herself. She pivoted where she stood and quickly walked towards the two strangers. As Abby walked up to Patrick, he raised his pointer finger to halt her. Yep, got it. We'll be in touch tomorrow morning. He said as he hung up and pocketed the phone. What's up, kid? Come over to ice cream me again? Patrick asked with a chuckle. Oh, well, I, I just wanted to say, maybe a bit more formally, um, sorry about your shirt. Abby said sincerely, clasping her hands in front of her. Ah, don't worry about it, kid. I don't get to utilize the dry cleaners nearly as much as I want to, so this is kind of a big deal for me. He replied as Erica crawled backwards out of the back seat and stood up. Hey, hey, watch out, Patrick. I don't think we have another shirt on hand for you. Erica joked as she shut the door. Patrick stepped forward off the car and took his jacket off. So kid, you gonna go trick-or-treating with your friends or something? He asked as he turned and tossed a jacket over to the driver's seat through the window. Oh, uh, no. Um, I wanted to, but they wanted to do... Abby tried to think of a good lie. Something else, instead. Oh, that's too bad. You should enjoy it while it lasts. Won't be a kid forever. Patrick said while staring at the mall's entrance. Well, I gotta go. 
Sorry again, she said as she walked away from the strange pair. Now what do you want to do? Erica asked as she walked around the car. Well, it's getting late. We should head back to the motel, start putting things together. Patrick replied. I feel like there's a lot more in play here than just what we can see. The two strangers looked back into their car and slowly pulled away from the curb, driving down the street and disappearing around the corner as Abby stood in the desolate pavement. If you're done with your best buddies, Abby, we need to hurry and get to the spot sometime today, Lucy remarked in an annoyed tone. Yeah, I'm coming, Abby said quietly as she approached her friends. The group ducked through the large gash in the chain-link barrier and headed into the woods. They stepped over gnarled roots, reaching out of the soft ground like zombies crawling from their graves in some slocky 1950s horror movie. As they descended deeper through the forest, the dim light overhead that peeked through the top backed out with the stars and the deep purples and blacks of the night sky seeping through the crunchy leaves and frail branches. Soon, Lucy stopped and announced that the girls were exactly where they needed to be. Okay, everyone get your items out, Lucy commanded as they all got down to their knees. Lucy pulled several candles from her black backpack and lit them, the dim flicker of the amber glow allowing the faintest amount of visibility in the dark void that encroached upon them from every possible angle. Each of the girls looked around at each other's items. Abby covered her snow globe with her hands, staring at the ground to avoid eye contact and questions about the item. Lucy stood up and pulled a can of red spray paint from her backpack. She sprayed a large circle on the dirt around the group spraying a dot behind each girl. The book said to add a mark for each person attempting to contact the spirit, Lucy explained. Demon, Tilda said under her breath. Lucy shot a quick glare at her friend. She finished the circle, then walked around to grab a book from her bag. She began to spray strange symbols while glancing at a page in the book. Where exactly did you find some demon summoning book? Jane asked. They had a book on the occult in the library, Lucy said as she hurried through the peculiar markings. And this book from a public library just so happened to have detailed information on summoning a death demon? Tilda asked sarcastically. No, Tilda, it obviously did not contain that information. I got some additional stuff off WikiHow, Lucy replied. Why is that kind of information available on WikiHow? Jane said. Abby sat quietly as Lucy finished setting everything up and returned to her spot. Okay, Lucy murmured as she settled into the dirt. She swallowed nervously as the woods whispered all around the girls. A heavy, looming presence lurking just beyond with their candles illuminated, masked by the leaves and branches in darkness. The wind whistled and moaned as it sailed through the thick forest circling around the group as leaves and branches lifted off the ground. She hasn't even started yet and shit's already going nuts. Jane whispered to herself. Place your items out in front of you, in plain view, Lucy stated. As the girls put their items out, Lucy spoke, seemingly to the woods themselves, 
We have gathered here tonight, on this, the unholiest of nights. Tilda rolled her eyes. To contact an emissary of the spirit realm, Lucy continued. The wind calmed around the girls, the leaves and branches which had been so violently shaken just moments ago, now sitting still and quiet. They all sat, nervous. A bead of sweat rolled down Lucy's forehead as she slowly flipped through pages in her book. We, inhabitants of the mortal plane, are reaching out to communicate with Otzba, spirit of death, bringer of strife, holder of the eye of Bayal. A loud rustling suddenly struck the silence from a nearby thicket of trees and bushes. It sounded low to the ground. They sat in complete silence, only the hushed noise of the forest wrapping around them, each of their eyes fixated on the sound from the bush. Without warning, a small white-haired creature broke from the bush and scurried towards the girls. Panting and hissing, they all nearly jumped out of their skin before they realized it was only a possum, stumbling through their seance unaware of how it had startled them as it dove into another nearby bush. I should have knew this whole thing was a crock of shit. I should have gone to Dylan's Halloween party, Hilda said frustratedly as she rubbed the sleeve of her orange jacket. Come on, where are you? Lucy mumbled under her breath, looking around the dark woods. Abby and Jane made eye contact briefly, both confused as to what should be happening. The woods began to calm. Uh, Otensaba, we're reaching out to you. We would like to make an offering? Lucy stated, almost having difficulty getting the sentence out. Within mere seconds, each of the girls felt their hearts drop, a feeling landing in their chest with a heavy thud. All except for Lucy, or a visible expression of sadness or fear. I think maybe we should just go home now, Tilda said, her somewhat collected demeanor beginning to crumble away as the situation escalated. N no, no, Tilda, we're too far to go home now. Besides, Lucy stated, he's here. As soon as the words left her mouth, they all felt the presence appear in the woods, an ominous feeling, one that weighed heavy on their minds and souls. Abby looked around at her friends, too terrified to turn and peer into the darkness that rested right behind her. Ilipum Morif Tahawe, Lucy said in a wavering tone. Utum Er Myrilanye, she continued to chant, mentally hoping the spirit would once again follow her request and communicate with her again. Seconds ticked by, a potent concern fading in and out of the girls' minds. A hushed voice questioned from the darkness. Abby held in a scream as she heard the voice, the wind now starting to pick back up. I... We... Um, we require your service, Lucy demanded. Lucy looked around. Tilda shook her head quickly as Lucy glanced to her, the look of fear begging to not be picked for whatever services they were requesting. As Lucy's eyes darted from right to left, a sharply detailed noise, like the flapping of massive wings, 
jump from the darkness just as a pair of bulbous yellow orbs, maybe an inch from each other, faded into sight, settled at almost nine feet tall. Tears began to roll down Abby's face as she stared at the creature. The voice continued. As Lucy, Tilda, and Jane either shivered in terror or looked to pass their responsibility to someone else, Abby glanced to Lucy. What, it, what does it want? She asked. He wants someone... He wants someone to tell him who to kill, Lucy said. Abby sat quiet for a moment. The instant she heard Lucy's words, one thought crossed her mind. As she contemplated, a light fog began to roll over the ground, settling over the group. With a racing heart and a nervous swallow, Abby spoke. Otensiba, I'd like to make an offer. The foreboding yellow spheres dropped out of sight for just a moment, fading back as this entity's interest had been piqued. I... I want you... Abby inhaled sharply. I, I want you to kill Richard Brandt, she said beginning to realize the weight of her words. Uh, yes. My mom's boyfriend, she continued. Without a word, Abby's snow globe exploded, spraying glass and water in all directions, causing a nearby candle to flicker as the rogue water droplets splashed against it. Back home, Richard sat in his rust-colored recliner, feet up in the dark living room, the only light emanating from the late-night news broadcast that filled the space. Without any warning, instantly, a sharp pain appeared in Richard's chest. He gasped, grabbing at his heart through his grease-stained shirt. He could barely moan for the help of Abby's mother as he collapsed back into his chair, wheezing and gasping. As the life slowly drained from his body, the thought of Abby flashed into his dying mind. A single tear slowly trailed down his cheek from his eye as his mouth hung agape. The voice said. As soon as it faded into being, the yellow eyes and sounds that had accompanied the entity faded back into the darkness, the harsh howling of the wind fleeting as well. The girls looked all around. As the woods settled, Lucy leaned forward, blowing out several candles. We thank you for your services, Otensiba, she said as she packed up her belongings. Each of the girls stood up, Tilda and Jane still shaking from their fear. Abby stood in a daze, despite her direct interaction with the being. Are you okay, Abby? Lucy asked, slinging her backpack over her shoulder. Yes, Abby whispered back as she stared into the spot where the eyes had been just moments ago.
It almost seemed as the closer the girls got to the entrance of the forest, the heavy darkness that draped itself over them lifted, a suffocating feeling taken away that would finally allow them to breathe as they stepped back out onto the paved street in front of the mall. Remind me to never go anywhere with you again, Lucy, Tilda said angrily. Let's go, Jane. She continued as her and Jane walked away from Abby and Lucy. You okay? Lucy asked as Abby stared at her friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, Abby stammered. Well, I'm starving. You want to go get something to eat? Sure. Abby adjusted her sweatshirt as she maintained her focus on the woods. Couldn't have been real, right? She didn't actually sacrifice Richard. The thought of the eyes lingered in her mind. The sound of the wings. Lucy zipped open her bag, tossing her strange book in as she stepped closer to Abby. Come on. Don't want to wait around all night for you to get over it. You'll feel better after you get some food. I promise. Lucy said, patting Abby on the shoulder as they walked into the night.